Chapter 1 August 2008 The most dishonorable deed is taking advantage of another person's desperation. Something heavy lands on top of me, expelling the air from my lungs, and my eyes snap open. I'm stunned for a moment, not sure if I'm still dreaming or awake. A shadowy figure looms over me in the dark. It takes me a second to realize the musky sweet scent invading my nose is body odor. That the sour stench hitting my face is someone's breath, and the weight pressing on top of me is that of a man. Oxygen fills my lungs as I suck in a breath to scream. But before I can release it, a large sweaty palm covers my mouth and fingers dig into my cheeks. Panic and adrenaline course through me as I thrash, kick, and push. The man above me growls his displeasure, but I don't stop. I rake my nails down his skin, anywhere and everywhere. Planting my heel into the mattress, I thrust my hips up, trying to buck his body off, but with him being twice my size, he barely moves. He's a damn anvil on top of me. His fingers fumble with the button of my shorts for only a second before he violently yanks at them, forcing them down over my hips. The idea of taking this foul creature into my body has nausea crawling its way up my throat. It also opens the iron box inside my head, the one full of long-ago locked-away memories. Memories of my time with Warner. And I'm reminded that fighting my captor only made the sex more brutal, more painful. Left me with scars. The more you fight me, the more this is going to hurt. Let me in, Em. Let me in. I lock my eyes closed as my assailant rips at my underwear and try to find my place. The place where no one and nothing can find me, hurt me. But just as I'm pulling away from reality, he stops, stills. I gasp, and the sour stench of him fills my nose. Opening my eyes, I see his chest rise and fall heavily, but otherwise, he's a statue above me. Get the fuck off her, you animal, or I will slice you like a fucking cantaloupe. A young female voice hisses. The glint of a knife pressed against my attacker's throat catches my eye. He turns his head, but then his eyes widen as he's jerked back. Don't, the voice barks. He hesitates as if calculating his odds. Or maybe he's deciding which he'd prefer, to die or rape me. A second later, he cries out and scrambles off me. His hand goes instantly to his neck, and a dark liquid leaks out from between his fingers. Stumbling away, he mumbles something unintelligible. My heart's thumping wildly inside my chest, and I fight back the burn of tears building behind my eyes. I will not cry. Don't you dare. You're fine, alive, breathing, free. I hiss at myself under my breath. Then I inhale gulps of air, rushing to fill my lungs as I write my shorts and button them. I yank on the zipper, but it doesn't zip because it's broken. Damn it. I lift my gaze and it centers on a small figure standing not two feet from me. Her black clothes blend her in with the dark room. She appears pixie-ish with short dark hair, cut to her jawline, slender limbs, and small hands. Like Tinkerbell in human form, only this one holds a knife. It's eerily silent all around us. When I speak again, my voice is louder than I intended. I can't believe that, just thank you. I swallow the lump in my throat. I thought this room was only for women. Without saying a word, she spins and climbs onto the top bunk of the one next to mine. Staring after her, I wait for a reply. Only it never comes. 
Pulling myself into a sitting position, my knees to my chest, I scan the sleeping area. I find eyes, lots of them, watching me, and ask myself, how is it a girl even more petite than I am was the only one with the guts to do something? Why didn't anyone else help me? As the minutes pass, my eyes darting to any movement or sound, 38 days on the street and I've been reasonably safe. But I don't feel safe here. Not anymore. If it weren't for the promise of food and a shower, I'd grab my bag and leave. Also, it's still raining, which is what drove me to stay here in the first place, since the rainstorms in New Mexico are a lot like mini-tsunamis. Honestly, had I known, I would have moved on straight through to Texas like I'd originally planned. But now, a bus ticket will set me back much more than I can afford to spend. Hours pass. The sun gradually filters in through the windows, causing the occupants to stir, wake, creating a bustle of movement and a steady hum of voices in the overly crowded room.